This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com slash podcast or wherever you listen. I'm not saying never pay your bills. What I'm saying is never pay the first bill until you have confirmed that it's accurate and that it's fairly priced and then go ahead and pay it. But if you determine that it's inaccurate and not fairly priced, then my what I would urge patients to do, if they're able, is to fight back. Welcome to How To. I'm science writer David Epstein. We all know the cost of healthcare in the U.S. is high, but it's kind of hard to know how high because medical bills are so opaque. Try to think of another industry where you buy something having literally no idea how much it's going to cost. Often, patients won't even see a bill until they get it in the mail and nervously hold the envelope in their trembling hands. And then, hello, sticker shock. If this sounds familiar, you're not alone. My name is Rich. I'm 33 years old. I uh, live in the Midwest. I work as a consultant. This past year, Rich's fiance convinced him to see a gastroenterologist for some minor nagging GI issues he was having and basically ignoring. You know, I went to go see this doctor. Um, we talked about some of my GI history and, and some of the issues I was having. And he recommended I get a colonoscopy, which, you know, is, is a good idea, I think. And yeah, I mean, I was told that my insurance would cover it. I mean, I was anticipating some out-of-pocket cost. You know, I did have a deductible for 1000 So I thought, well, you know, worst case scenario, I just have to pay, you know, a grand for this whole thing. And then that should be it. At that point, Rich didn't really think about it again. Then a few weeks later, he and his fiance went on a trip. And when they got back, they checked their mailbox. You know, we were gathering up the mail. And um, I saw that, you know, there's a letter from the, the hospital system. I was like, oh, no, this is it. This is the bill. Uh, and when I opened it, I was just like, oh, God. She was in the kitchen watching me look. She's like, what's wrong? Is something wrong? Something happened? I'm like... I was like, well, that colonoscopies cost me $2,000. And I was just, I was just like, man, $2,000 to just find out there's nothing wrong with me. Like I was, I was almost like kind of pissed that they didn't find something. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I mean, for this money, give me something. Like, give me, you know, tell me I'm gravely sick or something. So it was like double your worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. And more so. Yeah. I just didn't really know what to do. I mean, I, and it really came out of nowhere. Rich says if he really had to, he could go on a payment plan and eventually pay off the bill. But he's been working hard to get out from under other debt he's already got, and this would really screw up those efforts. It's just that feeling of like, man, you know, I'm, I'm taking some steps forward, making significant progress, but now I'm, I'm going to have to like add this to my, my debt snowball, so to speak, and like kind of, you know, it's something where I think about it. It's like, I have friends, I have family that, you know, if they got hit with this bill all of a sudden, that they might not be able to just make a plan to pay it off. On today's episode, how to fight outrageously high medical bills, or any medical bill, really. Because Rich's story is all too common, according to our expert, Marshall Allen. 
I've talked to lots of people who review medical records for a living. They would tell you that most of them contain some kind of an error. So I would assume that that bill is incorrect in one form or another, or it's overpriced in one form or another. Marshall says the thing most of us don't realize about our medical bills is not only can you fight them, but often you can win. Stay with us. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Our expert, Marshall Allen, started sticking it to the man early in life. His first battle came when he was just 16 years old. This was one of the most, like, monumental moments in my life, to be quite honest. It really shaped me as a person because I worked at a dinner theater and I was the meat carver. So I stood at the end of the buffet line and I wore a hat and I carved roast beef. And um, I love this job. One day we show up and they have closed the dinner theater and they said, I'm sorry, we have no money to pay you guys. And we were all upset because the owner of the dinner theater had started another dinner theater across town and that one was still open and it was the same company. <laughs> and so we were young kids, but we weren't stupid. We were like, if you have money to operate your dinner theater, then you have money to pay us. So Marshall decided to take his former employer to small claims court. My mom actually told me about small claims court and I, it blew my mind. I was like, I can barely even drive. You mean I can sue somebody? So I filled out the paperwork. I wrote a nice little narrative and I filed the case. Then to be quite honest, I forgot about it until a few weeks later, I got a notice in the mail that said we had a court date. I put on my nice, you know, Sunday church clothes and I went into court geared up, ready to fight this thing, right? But I go in there and lo and behold, the owner of the company and his attorney are sitting there at the table opposing me. I could not believe it. I had never <laughs> talked to the owner of this company. So I'm mustering up my energy to go Perry Mason on this guy, right? The judge just reads my complaint and then he looks at Bill, the owner of the company, and he goes, hey, Bill, is what this kid is saying true? And Bill goes, yeah. 
And the judge says, well, then you need to pay this kid his money. And on the spot, I got a check written. They didn't even bang a gavel. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Marshall now digs into injustices for a living as an investigative reporter. And his new book is called Never Pay the First Bill and other ways to fight the healthcare system and win. Marshall's become the guy to call if you get an outrageous medical bill. In fact, that's actually how we found Rich. Sadly, the colonoscopy, I mean, I I hate to make a joke, but it's the perfect metaphor for what's happening to working Americans right now with our healthcare costs. (laughs) Um, we, We are paying, as working Americans, two to five, even sometimes 10 times more than what a Medicare patient would pay. The first thing to know is that when you go to the doctor or any other medical practice, there isn't actually a single set price. Instead, the price is determined by a number of factors, including who's negotiating on your behalf. When a person's on Medicare, for example, the government is negotiating the rate and setting the price in advance. But in the employer-sponsored health plan space, which is where Rich is operating, those prices are set by a series of behind the scenes, like haggling and horse trading between insurance companies and hospitals and doctors and pharmaceutical giants. They set the prices behind closed doors and then they basically just tell the patient, okay, you pay it. And it's really an unfair system because the variation is so extreme in prices. For something like a colonoscopy, you could pay anything from $1,200 if you were on Medicare up to $10,000 on some health plans. And you don't ever know what that price is going to be because they don't generally give you the prices up front. So when our insurance company is negotiating on our behalf, they're fighting for those lower prices for us, the patient, right? Actually, no, not even close. So insurance companies love to say, our profit margin is only about 3%, as if they don't make a lot of money, right? Well, so their incentive, actually, when you look at the overall cost of healthcare, they they really want that cost to go higher because their 3% margin gets bigger as healthcare costs go higher. And so they're not the fierce guardians of our healthcare dollars that we think that they are. We assume they're operating on our behalf, but the insurance companies have more loyalty to the doctors and the hospitals in their networks than they do to the employers and the working Americans who are paying the bills. So they're trying to make that pie really big so their 3% is really big. The the bigger the pie, the bigger their slice, that's right. They would love to pretend like a lot of medicine is really variable, but it's a little more like an assembly line, Um, especially for something routine like a colonoscopy or a knee replacement or just the kind of nickel and dime procedures that are done all the time. Those costs are quite predictable. Here's a quick cost-saving tip. If you're having a routine procedure done, don't get it done at a hospital. And especially don't get it done at the hospital that's on every billboard you pass. Unless, you know, you enjoy paying extra for their fancy advertising. And that's just because hospitals jack up the prices. They add facility fees to everything that they do. Mm. And so if you're going, whether it's a colonoscopy or like an MRI or a CT scan or some type of an imaging test, or maybe you need lab work done, it's always going to cost more at a hospital than it is at a facility that's not a hospital. You just, you're just going where your doctor tells you to go. You don't know that the hospitals are overpriced. You could get the same colonoscopy maybe for less somewhere else. 
But even avoiding extra hospital fees might not spare you an excessive bill. So once you're slapped with that eye-popping invoice, what should you do then? Usually when you go to the hospital, they give you an aggregate cost in the bill. But you really need to get that itemized bill. It's like your receipt of all the different charges that, were, that made up the total cost. You have a right to have that as a patient. So you can get that from your hospital or your doctor or whoever is billing you. And the other piece that you really want to make sure you get, because they don't always offer this, you want to get the billing codes. So they have codes that describe every type of service that people receive. And so if you can get those codes, then you can look up price comparisons and you can see if you got ripped off or not. It's really interesting when you see how these costs break down. You can go to a website called fairhealthconsumer.org. Again, that website is fairhealthconsumer.org. It's a nonprofit that gathers payment information from insurance companies all over the country. We'll make sure to link to it in our show notes. And so you can plug these billing codes in, or you can also look up procedures, like colonoscopy is common enough that you can just look it up. And they will show you what the price breakdown is for a fair price within your community. So you put in your zip code, and it'll tell you price estimates. So this is our first rule. In order to know if you're being overcharged, you need to know what you're being charged for in the first place. Call your doctor, or call the hospital or the clinic, and ask for an itemized bill. Rich, can you walk us through the your itemized bill, like some of the things that jumped out to you? I mean, there's two that really stand out to me. One, it's basically, it looks like a charge for 30 minutes of recovery room time. They put everything under quantity, so like, I got two quantities of that, two 30-minute intervals of time spent in the recovery room. Got it. And that okay. comes to $944. Ooh, I hope that was that a nice, really nice room. No. Room service. Didn't even, didn't even have a door. <laughs> Did not, didn't, <laughs> didn't even have a door. It's, That's instead an of a door, yeah. You think for $944, you could at least get a door, for goodness sake. You know? It had a curtain um, <laughs> and the robe, nothing to write home about. But it's just funny because... I think, you know, one of my first times living by myself, like years ago, I had a one bedroom apartment in Philadelphia and I spent seven seventy five a month for rent. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow, this costs more than one month of living in South Philadelphia. Like, wow. That's amazing. Who can anticipate what kind of charges they're going to throw on there? Right, right. The, yeah. the standard has been like that we would all just pay the bill blindly without even thinking about it. But what's happened is we have had these deductibles go up and up and up and up over the last 10 years. So Rich's deductible of 1000 is actually quite low. I mean, there are people with $3,000 deductibles, 5000 even $10,000 deductibles. And so if you have a deductible that's that high, you're functionally uninsured, you know, for anything that's just a routine type of treatment. Mm -hmm. So now patients have more incentive than ever to start looking at these bills. This next one is, to me, it's just really funny. And it is sort of borderline oversharing on my part, but I'm going to okay. just share it anyway. After the colonoscopy, my, uh, you know, my, my butt is just in a lot of pain. The doctor asks for lidocaine to put, you know, down there to help cool it. That is just essentially Vaseline. The cost for lidocaine on this bill was $105. So I could have brought Vaseline from home <laughs> that I was using the day prior 
I could have just brought that to the recovery room and did it myself. But instead I paid, I got the red carpet Vaseline. In addition to an ambulatory center, you need to, you need to pick like a BYOV place. BYOV, definitely. (laughs) When I saw that charge, I couldn't believe it. I'm like $105. And they didn't even like send me home with it either. Like I only got one swipe. Um, (laughs) Quantity one. It was, it was, it was quantity one. And so, what was what was the total itemized charge? I have it here. It's six thousand five hundred and nine dollars. Yikes! All kidding aside, this is why it's so important to have more information. Not just the itemized bill, but also those billing codes Marshall mentioned that describe the services you were given. If the provider doesn't give those to you, you should be able to get them from your insurance's customer service department. If you have the itemized bill with the billing codes, you can go a couple places for price estimates and comparisons. One of them, like I mentioned, is fairhealthconsumer.org. Another one that we have now that's a really powerful tool for consumers is hospital websites. There's a new rule that the federal government put into effect that says hospitals are required to post their prices for different procedures on their websites. So a lot of hospitals have been non-compliant with this federal rule. But what it's showing is absolutely amazing because you see the price variation between insurance companies at the same hospital and between insurance companies at different hospitals. When Marshall told me about that, that I could find prices on the hospital site, I tried to look on the hospital, the system that I went to, and... It was like a maze to find it. It's buried under different pages. I finally was able to find like an Excel file that maybe had a quarter of the information. It felt like I just happened upon treasure. That's our second rule. Once you know what you're being charged for, compare that to the typical cost for the same procedure in your area. Marshall looked up the typical price of a colonoscopy in Rich's zip code and found that Rich was paying at least $1,500 more than usual. So now we know. But knowing's only half the battle. So how do we fight and actually win? That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs? The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast, or find it wherever you listen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
On Death, Sex, and Money, we feature interviews with you, our community of listeners, getting honest about uncomfortable things. I developed an illness where it isn't safe for me to drive. A friend once said to me, sex is like air. You don't think about it until you're not getting enough. This is a similar sort of thing if you just replace sex with driving. Listen to Death, Sex, and Money wherever you get podcasts. We're back with Rich and our expert, Marshall Allen. Before Marshall helped Rich fight his high medical bill, Marshall worked with a woman we'll call Sarah, who was in a similar situation, and she didn't take it lying down. She had three stitches in her finger um, because she had a little kitchen accident, went to the emergency room for three stitches, and the price that her United Healthcare insurance plan had negotiated for her to pay was $5,805. And her health plan paid about $3,100. And then they were coming after her for $2,700 more. And she knew that this just did not feel right. So this young woman got blown off by the billing department for weeks and for months. So she sent a warning letter to the CFO of the hospital, was completely ignored, didn't hear a response. And she said, I'll give you two options. One, you can waive my portion of the bill and just keep the 3100 that my health plan has already paid you. Or two, you can back out the whole bill and give me the cash price. Because when we looked up the cash price on her hospital's website, we found that the cash price for the examination she received was only $256. Wait, okay, so does that mean she actually would have been better off without insurance at all? Yes, her insurance company's negotiated discounted rate was $5,800, 22 times the cash amount. So she filed the case in small claims court, and a few weeks later, before the court date, she gets a call from the attorney representing the hospital. They said, look, we will make a deal with you. We'll cut your bill in half. So you pay us $1,350 and we'll call it good. She said, I'm not going to do that. So the attorney calls her back the next day and the attorney says, okay, we will wipe it clean. We'll keep the portion we got from your insurance company, but you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement where you agree not to tell anybody about what happened or the nature of the settlement. And so I'm unable to actually tell you what happened. But what I can tell you is before she settled that case, she actually got a call from that CFO of the hospital who had blown her off by filing that case. Not only did she have the attorney on the phone, she got the CFO of the entire health system <laughs> to call her and deal with her bill. For three stitches. So you can get the CFO. For three stitches. She gets the CFO involved, and it's because of the power of the justice system. It is very effective. The healthcare system can be intimidating. Where do you go if you know there's an obvious problem, but nobody's helping or even responding to you? Who are you even supposed to pick a fight with? But Sarah got the CFO on the phone and presumably got a fair price. And you can too, which leads us to our next rule. Everything is negotiable in healthcare, especially when you're the one being ripped off. Here is where the power of this new price transparency comes into play and gives someone like Rich a lot of possible leverage if he wants to use it. After you have the information in front of you, your next step is to talk to the hospital billing department. And you should consider communicating in writing. 
and recording any calls you have with them. Sarah simply informed billing department representatives that she would be recording calls for her own records. That left her with excellent documentation of her negotiations. But let's say Rich goes to them and says, hey, look, folks, 30 minutes in the recovery room and you all charge me $944 for two units of that? Come on, people, that's outrageous. You need to strike that from the bill. I, that is crazy. I can't pay that. You can negotiate these different things. And that's where you can use something like fairhealthconsumer.org. And you can say, I'm looking at the Fair Health Consumer price and it's estimating for an in-network colonoscopy, it should be under $4,000 in a hospital and even less in a freestanding surgery center. And they're going to say, oh, nice to talk to you, Rich. Um, we can put you on a payment plan for this. That's always their solution. It's not a great solution. In fact, one in six Americans right now has medical debt in collections. One in six, wow. One in six, that's according to the Urban Institute, and they did an analysis of credit reports. So just like Rich is saying, he's trying to pull himself out of debt for other expenses. Now the healthcare system is, frankly, exploiting his sickness to make a profit. Rich, did, did you did you talk to the billing department and sort of say, hey, I know, you know, you're, oh, you're overcharging me? I did. I have talked to a lot of people. There was a point in the conversation where I said, I don't understand what it is I'm paying you for. I said, why do I have insurance? She was like, oh, OK. Yeah, Touché. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. But like there is a sense of powerlessness. Like this is just a woman working from home who's just answering my questions. Like I'm not going to be able to. Right. Win with, you know, I'm not, she's not gonna be like, you know what? Let me call Hit my the boss. Cancel yeah. The bill. yeah. It just feels like you're a cog in the machine talking to another cog in the machine and, and the people operating the machine aren't, don't care. And they're not listening. We may all be cogs in the big machine, but Marshall says sometimes that person on the other end does actually have the power to help you. You just have to know the right way to ask. I would be extremely polite and extremely friendly to the point that you're trying to build a relationship with the person on the other side of the phone. But you could ask them, hey, look, I'm, I'm really set back by this bill. I'm, I'm so burdened by this. I mean, I have all this debt already. In fact, I've been working so hard to get myself out of debt. And then to get hit with this $1,900 bill is really, frankly, overwhelming to me. And I just don't know how I'm going to pay it. Could you help me understand how the system works on your end? And I know looking at, at your website and other websites of hospitals in this area, that some hospitals are taking like $1,200 for colonoscopies. So I can see that, that the $3,100 you guys got is already way more than, than you get from other plans. So is there any way we could come up with something that works out well for both of us? Like if I could scrounge up a few hundred dollars right now. Would, would that be enough? Could we just pay this off? I don't want to enter a payment plan. I'm already in debt tens of thousands of dollars. I know that you all would like to close this out on your end. So what, what's the flexibility here? And so here's our next set of rules. First, tell the billing department that that high bill is really a big problem for you and you won't accept the payment plan. Next, ask them to compromise. And if you do happen to have cash on hand, Offering a quick solution in return for a discount, it sometimes works. It's worth a shot. Finally, if they still don't budge, threaten very politely to take them to small claims court. You can do this over the phone and by writing a warning letter. 
Marshall says that the prospect of small claims court is sometimes enough to get them to bend. But even if it isn't, small claims court, it isn't as scary as you think it is. As Marshall found out when he was just 16, it can actually be kind of awesome. So it typically costs around $30 or $40 to file a case. You've already gathered your evidence because you've looked at the fair prices and you've seen that you're being overcharged or incorrectly charged. So you don't have to do a lot of extra research. You don't have to put a lot of detail when you file that case. Now the hospital has to hire an attorney for hundreds of dollars an hour to defend itself against a case that costs very little to file. But small claims court exists for consumers who are being exploited or taken advantage of by powerful institutions to stand up for themselves. And the limits are actually quite high in a lot of states. Like in Illinois, the limit is $10,000. So any bill under 10 grand, you could sue in small claims court. In Texas, the limits are $20,000. So in some states, the limits are actually quite high and they're high enough to accommodate a lot of these types of everyday billing disputes. Our final rule is to not be afraid of small claims court. Honestly, I mean, who wants to go to court? It just sounds like a huge hassle with an indeterminate outcome. But small claims court is a system designed to give consumers power. It's there to help you, and it often works. Take advantage of it. Did you think about small claims court? I did not. You know, it's it's just like the idea of going to court. I think it just has this idea like it's it's like, oh, this is going to be a very painful, time consuming process. But it only seems that way because you, you haven't actually done it. Yeah, if it's only 30 or 40 bucks to do it and then show up, it, it doesn't feel like impossible. It can seem overwhelming or not worth the hassle or inconvenient or a pain. But let's say Rich got this done in under 10 hours, which I think is very realistic. In fact, I think he could do it. He's done most of the legwork already because he's got all the details he needs to understand the case. So let's say it took him 10 hours total. Well, then if he could get this thing waived, even if it took going to small claims court, he would be paying himself the equivalent of $200 an hour by saving his money instead of giving it to someone else. I would encourage people to think about it that way. The last thing to remember is that high medical bills aren't an issue of one hospital or one insurance company. It's a symptom of the system. Systems get the results they're designed for, and corporatized healthcare is designed for profit. But if you do decide to challenge your bill or maybe even go to small claims court, you're doing more than just saving yourself a few bucks. You're throwing a punch in the fight against excessive healthcare costs. At the beginning of this year, we switched insurance plans because usually I opted for a lower uh, premium, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a little bit more money taken out of my paycheck in order to have a low deductible. And I thought, you know, I'm safe. Like this is gonna be great. And then to get a bill for roughly two grand, yeah, total shock. David Rich is hitting on something that that is another observation that I have about the injustice to our younger generation of, of working Americans, right? They right now have to carry a much heavier burden of healthcare costs than their parents did or their grandparents did. And it's a greater anchor around them as a younger generation as they're trying to build some equity and pay off their student debt and get their feet under them financially as adults. And it's really unfair it's my hope that they'll come to an understanding of this injustice that's been 
you know, foisted onto them. And I hope that they will rise up and educate themselves and fight back. Thanks to Rich for sharing his story with us and to Marshall Allen for all of his great advice. Make sure to look for his brand new book, Never Pay the First Bill, and other ways to fight the healthcare system and win. Is there something outrageous in your life you need to fix or any other problem that needs solving? Send us a note at howto@slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And we might have you on the show. And if you like what you heard today, please give us a rating and a review and tell a friend. That helps us help more people. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rosemary Belson, Margaret Kelly, and Rachel Allen produced the show. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Charles Duhigg is host emeritus. I'm David Epstein. Thanks for listening.